Christmas and travel just seemed to go together like a hand and a glove. Joseph and Mary were actually forced to travel when Mary was near full term. In those days, Luke 2, 1 through 4 tells us, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Cornelius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. That was a treacherous 70-mile journey on mountainous pass by foot and with Mary riding a beast of burden. And then there were the shepherds out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night, when an angel of the Lord appears to them, informing them that a Savior has been born in the town of David. So we read in verse 15, when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And yes, the shepherds made a much shorter trip, but nonetheless, they too traveled on Christmas. And of course, the most well-known sojourners of all regarding the Christmas experience were the Magi, the wise men from the east. Matthew 2, verses 1 through 2 says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose. And we have come to worship him. The ancient Greek historian Herodotus wrote that Magi were a priestly caste of the Medes, a people who occupied the land where Iran is today. And they were a people who were active throughout Babylon and Mesopotamia during much of the Old Testament era. The original Magi were priests of an ancient religion known as Zoroastrianism. And in the ancient world, there was very little distinction between science and superstition. For example, the science of astronomy was blended with the superstition of astrology. Magi were experts in both. They were also considered the scholars of their era. In fact, no Persian could become a king until they mastered the scientific and religious disciplines of the Magi. And their teaching became so famous that it became known as the law of the Medes and the Persians. And both the book of Esther and the book of Daniel in the Old Testament highlight this fact. Magi were also not only the ambassadors of their religion, but they were also scientists. They were mathematicians. They were philosophers and doctors and legal authorities of the culture. And our English word magistrate, you know, officers of the law, actually comes from the word magi. Magi are mentioned on seven different occasions in the Old Testament in reference to Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon's court, as well as to Persian court officials. And we see this in the book of Jeremiah and as I've already mentioned, in the book of Daniel and in the book of Esther. And what is important for us to catch is that the young Hebrew captive Daniel in Babylon outshone the interpretation of King Nebuchadnezzar's dreams of all the magi in Babylon. And that resulted in the king making Daniel the master of the Magi. Daniel chapter 2 verse 48 reads, Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. 
all its magi. And Bible scholars believe that Daniel would have been very influential among the magi, even teaching them about the one true God and teaching them the Old Testament scriptures. And they studied so many different fields, this would be another area for them to study. And he would have taught them Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, a star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel. So they were looking for a star to rise out of Jacob. And they were looking for someone who's going to be a king because a scepter suggests there's going to be a king of the Jews. And here we are, five centuries after Daniel. And this delegation of Magi have come from the east, 500 miles or so away, a 45 to 50 day journey one way. Matthew 2 again. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem. In Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose... It goes ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now Matthew gave the account of the Magi more text than the narrative of Jesus' birth. Matthew doesn't even mention the shepherds or the manger. He zeroes in on the star and the magi. Why? To show us the connection between the old covenant and the new covenant and to help us recognize that all of us are travelers in life in search of the same Savior. The wise men stopped in Jerusalem because they were in need of directions to find the Messiah. And all of us as well need help to find Jesus. We too need direction. And I'm quite certain that most of us here have probably heard the saying that wise men still seek him. Well, in Matthew's account, it shows us two kinds of people in the world, the wise who seek God and the unwise who do not. The unwise were the religious leaders and King Herod, who didn't care too much about Jesus. They were too wrapped up in their own lives to bother with Jesus, a lot like many people are today. Then there were the Magi, the wise men. It certainly could not have been convenient for them to set aside three plus months of their lives to journey to and from Bethlehem, not to mention the expense of being away from their livelihoods, plus the cost of the journey itself. And then there were the expensive gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And these were expensive and yet thoughtful gifts. Gold for Jesus' royalty, frankincense for his priestly role, and myrrh for embalming at death. 
Gold because Jesus was a king. Frankincense because Jesus was a priest. And myrrh for his burial. Now these wise men's hearts were open to God. While all these others around them were not. You know, all of us have traveled to get here this Christmas Eve. Some have come from long distances. Some of you came through difficult elements and storms even to get here, to be with family and loved ones and friends. Christmas and travel have always gone together. And some of you don't have loved ones could even be here right now because you're snowed in in other parts of the country, but they're still coming now. But, but I ask you, since Christmas and travel have always gone together, where are you this Christmas Eve in your journey toward God? and your journey with God. Are you interested or not in God? Are you among the wise who still seek Him? Or the others who are just too busy, too wrapped up in your own matters to be concerned with Jesus? See, the Bible says if you seek Him, you will find Him if you search for Him with all your heart. And it tells us that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but would have everlasting life. It says in another place that Jesus came first of all to his own, but his own were not interested in him. But as many as accept Jesus as their Savior, to them the Bible says God gave the right to be children of God. I trust and pray this Christmas that everyone here and all who are listening to this service online this evening will be numbered among the wise who still seek Jesus. Praise be to God. Amen.